Hi, Gurbaksh. Hi. Hi, Sid. How's it going? Going good so far. I think with the pandemic, we're just holding on to the situation right now. Uh, but not so bad. Wonderful, wonderful. You How's fall. it going with you? I'm well. I'm well. A um, lot, of, lot of work. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I think we reached out to you Looking a forward. few days back and you did, I mean, jumped in. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. No, no, uh, thanks for reaching out. And I think it's interesting to kind of talk about these uh, interesting topics what we discussed. So it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward. For sure. For sure. Uh, sports, are you following any sports right now? Yeah, there's so much happening. You don't, <laughs> there's too much happening. You just can't miss it. So I think uh, the good part right now, there's so much sport happening in, uh, in one place. It feels bad sometimes because in India, unfortunately, live sport is something that's been missing for almost one and a half year. Uh, the forecast right now with Indian sport in India, it looks uh, a little too far from now. So uh, whatever we are watching, yeah, you know, you can't just go to the stadiums and have that feeling. But it's not bad. Like at least you have some live sport happening. So with what happened with Wimbledon and the Euros and the Copa America, and the best part about the cricket team traveling. So our boys are doing gonna hopefully bring something back. Uh, the good part, I think, is that uh, there are two teams. And I think it's a great approach. Well, some people might like it. Some people might, you know, just say that, okay, you know, having two teams. But I think uh, that's the beauty of it. Like, if you can, if a country can produce so many great athletes and cricketers at one go, then why not? It just becomes like a, a junior and a senior side. And you can't say, you just want to, like, you know, fight for the spot. So it's become so competitive and I think all thanks to IPA and so many years of hard work with IPA. So even to make it to the world uh, test cricket team was like a big challenge. So whoever has made it, could do it with them. Definitely. And you know, the here's the thing. I'd any day replace the so-called A team or the junior team or whatever they want to call it with the, with the senior team and I wouldn't it wouldn't seem like they're a weak team. Whoever, I mean, regardless who they're going up against. I mean, they're really, really yeah. solid. Whoever, you know, name the player. Uh, it's, and they, they can hold their own. They've shown it in Australia. I agree. I agree. I, I think it's uh, just like the, the culturally so strong now that it really doesn't matter, you know, without being in the team and leading it from the front is definitely a game-changing you know, it, it, it definitely matters. But then, what if, like you said, uh, I totally agree with, the, you know, even calling them Team A and Team B. There are just two teams. Uh, it might just sound funny because we are not used to something like this. But the fact is that everybody, I think even the bench uh, players are so strong at the moment because everyone performs so well, exceptionally well, wherever they have got a chance. So I think that's the beauty of it and we are living in it. So, and we're getting to experience that first time. Is it solely due to the IPL or was it because there are systems and processes in place right now uh, that is helping foster such a strong uh, team strength? So 
it's a combination of everything ipl definitely ipl definitely because you know ipl is one of the biggest stages for cricketers in the world like no matter you're from you know australia or england everybody wants to be here and be part of the ipl i think what is important in this whole transformation in the last few years is also because of uh, also because of the fact that the way the team has started performing under the captaincy of vidar and i think he brings so much uh, you know that that charisma or you know that that youth coming in like you know proving the chance that's been given to the youngsters to hold uh, you know the fielding effort it's just a different ball game mm. it's not like how earlier it used to be with cricket it's just changed i am not saying we had bad fielders then but right now that's equally very very important so i think that whole uh frame of mind the thought process has changed so when everyone's playing with that effort you just are bound to have so many players mm. and then from there to choose it does become difficult and it can just possible to have the two teams so i think it's a combined effort of all of this i think just like has given wonders for indian cricket but uh, i think is also the 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 whole thought process that's changed over the period of years and i'm sure with bcci doing so much stuff with the grassroots and age age cricket like age group cricket in every state i think it's a beautiful uh, structure that's in place hmm can ipl like leagues be replicated in terms of quality in other sports in india or does it require um an unbelievable amount of funding to and a long term thought process long term strategic plan to execute it for other sports i think one thing for sure time definite you need a lot of patience you need to believe in the process and then just keep backing i think what cricket's done it's taken over 100 years that the sport that got you know we got it from uh, many years back and then the idea is that you know the guys have worked on it hmm. many years you can say it goes back 100 years i think with every other sport it's very important to kind of believe in it and it's very important to start ground up because if you it's it's important to have leagues in place because that's for every young footballer or any any sportsman to kind of uh, set a benchmark for themselves that okay that's where i want to reach eventually that's what the goal is and then the eventual goal for any kid today in today's world is to play for the country it's football or it's volleyball or whatever that so i think leagues are very important but the grassroots programs need to that it's very important to deep dive into the smallest of the pockets in the country and put the right structure in place yes i understand with grassroots development it's very very difficult sometimes with with villages where you know it's uh, even reaching to the closest city is a task for them so for them to kind of you know come out of that shell to kind of experience they are super talented like like we were talking about uh, uh, u dream football 
New Dream Football is a program that we started at New School. Uh, the the biggest learning is that you know you need to kind of sometimes it just gets to you like you know like the whole process of some of the remote areas in India where kids they don't have their basic uh, paperwork in from there to getting all of that sorted and they are exceptional footballers like they are any day if you if you just put them at any moment you know at a at a football field in bombay or any other metro city they will come and do wonders and i think it will be unimaginable football that's what the germans said and that i was part of that whole process but the german scouts who had come this is their uh this is what they said this is what they understood with the the football that they saw in mizoram and manipur they are like this is not this is something that they have seen in germany at a later age so what we are missing is that if we are getting a kid at 8 9 10 you just can't leave that kid at 13 14 15 you need to be with the whole journey to kind of then take it to the next level and somewhere when the transformations are happening it just needs uh, a little bit more to kind of sail it through and then you know, take it to the bigger bigger picture so so i yeah. i definitely feel that whole journey of uh, patience is definitely so and funding we can't do much without that because it it comes with its own you know costs and challenges so you definitely need uh, good amount of funding but with the right vision it can't be like just somebody giving you money that okay here's the money go do it uh so so that's where yeah so casuals uh, casual sports fans or probably those who know just the basics say uh, yeah the grassroots isn't strong so since you have worked in the grassroots like you mentioned the paperwork what are the other constraints challenges that you've seen at the grassroots level i don't i don't think that people haven't tried starting things from the grassroots and trying tried to make things stronger at the grassroots level i definitely feel indians are extremely smart and the ones who do want to work in sport would have thought of that but like you mentioned what are the other challenges that you faced and that people face when they are working uh, at the grassroots when they are going to these uh, villages and you know just dealing with family i'm assuming or just right the family not understanding that it is going it is a risk it is going to take 10 15 years but then uh, there's an equal possibility that even after the 15 years the person may not the athlete may not end up representing the country or may not end up doing very well for himself what are some of the challenges that you've noticed and what what are some of the things that you faced you know um issues with yeah i think uh, india is a big country like you know the states You, every state has its own challenge obviously like some people get football very differently the way they think some people in metro cities it's very different i think uh, the biggest or maybe challenge or maybe the education that needs to be given is to, to the parents i feel that an understanding that 
for parents it's very important to understand that you know if they are enrolling their son or daughter into a football or any other any sport i think it's very important for them to understand that sport has now become a way of life like you know it's a it's a career path Hmm. it's not just like okay you do this if this doesn't work then you do that if hmm. that would have been taught by the messi and the ronaldos of the world then you know they would have been doctors or whatever they could have hmm. been so i think that that mindset should be very clear the other uh, important thing with parents uh, in most of the bigger cities are they need to be very clear with what their kid really wants they need to spend some more time because i feel what i've understood and i've spoken to so many parents uh and you know <coughs> i was having a chat with this one parent uh they are like uh, uh, you know he gets up uh, my son gets up at 3 in the morning and then he watches all the matches and like 2 2 in the morning he's up and he will watch everything and wear the jersey so you know my my understanding what okay he's a great fan hmm. can he be a great footballer you need to really evaluate that with the kid because you know you are going to spend a lot of money you're going to spend a lot of time and energy to kind of get into the sport and then figure it out yes sometimes it's very good to you know go to these grassroots academies and then uh, kind of understand okay, okay where is this headed like it might change there also but i think for parents it's very important to kind of understand that how much they want to invest or personally into like their energy also into the thing and that's where the kid also gets that understanding okay my parents also feel the same way i have a great backing i can go in i'm not saying education education is equally important and that's exactly when we were running the program we made education was important part of that whole program mm. that was with ib school so we never let that go away the other challenge with some other parts of the country is that you really don't know who jumps up when and says okay i'm the guardian of this kid now that is something that we have faced we have done all the paperwork we have got the like you know unfortunately some some kids parents are separated or something happened or whatever whatever their backgrounds are where they come from but they are great footballers i just feel that if somebody can just like clear that up for them and just put them with a clear mind on the field to go and play and train them they can be world class footballers or, or athletes but mm. you know they have to deal with a lot what's going on at the back and then suddenly after five years of great football suddenly somebody gets up okay no i'm the guardian of this student and whatever you paperwork that you've done so far is null and void it doesn't have any uh, importance so i think these are some challenges that we need to iron it out really well to kind of focus on the kid more because you know the idea is to create talent and not just like you know keep doing this stuff this is important but parents i think is very very important they play a very important role or, or guardians for that matter to understand and speak the right language and having the trust in the whole process so follow up to the grassroots question where is scout talent how long of a time do you give them to see their progress do you see them do you expect them to start developing their talent and as soon as you scout them uh, you know do you expect instant results or do you see let's say a 7 year old kid 
and think that this guy or this uh, girl is going to be incredible at the age of 18 uh are you are you trying to ask what like what's the process or how do we kind of you know yeah. Okay. So, so right. So uh, the process and also um how much of a leeway and how much time do they have to show their uh you know once they have been scouted, once they have been seen, uh how much time do you think uh they have to show their potential before they're uh handed back to the uh dogs or you know I think yeah. I think there is no such time frame that you can give uh mm. with sport like in general, I think it's, it'll be very unfair that if you are uh, saying it's taking up a, like you know a, a kid into a, a grassroots program, and by nine, if you feel I'd say two years, and by nine, if that kid is not been able to do anything, maybe by ten is when he's gonna really hit hard and then come out uh, playing in the Indian colors. I feel there is no such benchmark. It's just the right attitude is something that you can really kind of you know back. Uh, skill sets are definitely something that you will see and that can be developed with the best coaches and technology and science and sports science and there are too many things in today's world. but I think the right attitude is something that uh, we as uh, when we were running our programs I think that's very important how the kid feels, why, the way he talks what he thinks uh, uh, you know how is he behaving with his peers and like with the coaches, how much he trying to adapt and absorb. So I think it was very important. In fact, there was a very interesting story. Uh, so, you know, Mahesh Gauli, right? He, he played for India, one of the legends of Indian football. Uh, he was India's one of the biggest, uh, like the best defenders uh, for many years. So, you know, he was our head coach and he comes with top class discipline and talent. Mm. Oh, and, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, coaching skills. Though he's not done any license, but then still, at that point, he had His story is, like, at that point, Tata Football Academy was one of the biggest academies in the country. Everybody was going to Tata Football Academy. You name it, they are there. And 90% of the team was created from the players from Tata Football Mahesh Gauli was a farmer's son, and he got a chance to go to Tata Football Academy. He didn't have shoes to even, like, he didn't have money to even buy shoes and that kind of situation. He couldn't dribble the ball, uh, apparently, and then he was asked to leave. He refused to, to go and he stayed the, at the gate of uh, Tata Football Academy one night. He was again asked to leave after a few days. He was taken again into the, again, he, after some days, he was just. Asked to, you know, like, you know, it's not happening, just go. He gave so much importance to dribbling that he could go around the football field dribbling for almost two, three hours without dropping the ball. And he became India's captain. So I think it's all about the right attitude. So, you know, somebody who can't dribble, okay, no problem, but at least they have that sensibility of, of adapting what dribbling is. Okay, it can get better. Those things definitely the experts can teach you, but that attitude of you know, you know, just being there and fighting for what you really deserve or really want, I think that attitude in kids is very important. Mm. So, so uh, to be very honest, it'll be unfair to give that answer. But 
but yes you know sometimes we have to put a timeline in programs uh, that you know how far you can go but i would say again maybe one and a half two years sometimes there can be disciplinary issues so mm-hmm. there you just have to take a strict call okay three warnings and you are out because you just can't waste your time because you know end of the day there is a business call with all of this mm-hmm. so you know there there are some sops in place for programs where you know one disciplinary action it goes to the parent second third and then you know thank you we can't help you but you know because you couldn't help yourself so then we just like you know we have to take this is there a clear monetary path or can there be a clear monetary path for supporting grassroots football i i know people can i know corporates can do it for csr that that can be done but apart from that are there clear monetary paths where they decide that yes if we develop not from the association from the private company's point of view from the brand brand's point of view that we develop grassroots and 15 years 10 15 years down the line we can reap the benefits of what we've sown sure no i think see, there are various permutations and combinations when you talk about you know uh, business perspective of this whole ecosystem there are too many people who are running this right now and there are various permutations and combinations that can tried and tested some people it works some people they are still trying to figure it out uh like the the best practice in today's world in india is the csr because uh, it's a, it's the best possible way because the agendas are pretty much similar and then if you're working in the region like the northeast or like the best football developing uh, states it works because you know the money is then routed directly to the right talent mm-hmm. and there is something coming back and then it's a success story directly for brands i think it's all about how large can you go because you know if you're talking about an fncg brand for them it's like what's the scalability of it because if i say i'm just doing like two three cities they might not be interested they might just say okay we'll just give it a pass but then if i say 50 towns and you know 2 lakh boys and like some 10 10 lakh uh, eyeballs it's a no brainer for any brand on ground branding on their jerseys and there are various collateral and inventories that can be created for the brand so so again for them to invest in a established brand vis-a-vis they invest in a grassroots program where they are hitting the the tg with the the consumer right with experience on ground or it's all about like putting it on tv with isl and ipls of the world mm-hmm. so so it's just like what brands choose and what do you offer as a as a program uh talking about representation rights and marketing rights and media rights of these players i think that is something can be discussed if there is there is a possibility brands can say okay we will pump in x amount of money and then you know we have the media or the marketing rights of this boy for uh, uh the the 15 years after the 11 years of uh, developing them mm. it's not because yeah. 11 years so it will take for the boy to develop yeah. after that they might say okay we'll we will take the benefits after 11 hmm possible why not so so uh, so it's just about the right uh, uh, i think mindset brands if they have that like if people now i think most of the brands are very like 90% of the brands in the market they have become so smart which hmm. is very important to understand so they understand each and every aspect scalability how far the programs are going 
uh, what is ethical. Uh, I think it's very important these things, and I think uh, we are in the right track. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I feel it definitely requires someone. Uh, you know, brands where the leaders are extremely passionate about sport, because sure. um, it's it's hard to stick with something for so long. Yeah. It's, no, no. I think vision. Like I think, I think it's very important to have a have a leader with the right vision to kind of to run the program because. you know you can't just uh, drop the program unfortunately uh, we couldn't take the program where we decided mm. you know it went to a certain level but then there were certain challenges and you know too many uh, you know business calls that were supposed to be taken but then it couldn't go that far but the vision was right see that's what i'm saying sometimes it's important that you you sail through when you go really far with the program what we are really proud of uh, with with the u team program is that 75% of our boys are now playing in the indian team or maybe we are playing in the indian ecosystem right with mm-hmm. isls and uh, the i leagues and i'm extremely proud of that fact that each and every boy i saw them at 13 14 when we were heading to germany that was the first ever visit outside india from that time to now Rahul in the Indian for the last two years he's been playing, so it's just a matter of pride. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've you yeah. uh, worked with uh, Red Bull. You were a cricketer as well, right? Yes, I used to play a decent amount of cricket. Uh, I played age group cricket for Bombay. Um, Bombay cricket is fun. It it gives you a lot of opportunities, and uh, I think Bombay cricket also. Right. I mean, if, you, if you ask some Bombay cricketers, uh, so they will definitely give you a perspective of. So, like I was saying that uh, with uh, cricket, the amount of cricket that I played, though I played only uh, age group cricket, uh, but I would say I was lucky to be with the right set of players growing up. Bombay cricket definitely teaches you a lot. You know, right from uh, going the locals to reaching the maidans early morning. There are some twenty-two pitches on that one medan, twenty-two matches going on, and you know it's all division. Like it's every division, like from top cricketers in Bombay to the lowest levels, all are playing at one field. So if you really want to just uh, in your break, you just want to go and see a good inning of Rohit Sharma happening, you will get to see that also. And there's mm-hmm. no like awe about like okay, Rohit Sharma playing. He'll get to play his game nicely, going this tent, have his chai, and you know, like that's what like people respect each other in that area at least. And obviously, eventually, the cricketers when they become too big, then then it becomes difficult for them to even get out. But that's the beauty of it. Like people enjoy and they like to watch uh, good cricket also in these maidans. So I've lived that life, and that's exactly that whole. Uh, I think it teaches you a lot about the hardships and like you know many other aspects of life. You got into Red Bull really early. Yeah, that was the best part, I would say, to uh, be at the right time, uh, at the right place. Uh, I think that was one of those moments where I got a chance to be with Red Bull, and I think that time I was actually playing also, but I was just coming out of it, or maybe somewhere in between. And uh, Red Bull was also looking at a person who can, you know, uh, bring the cricket expertise for them, cricketing expertise. So for me, at that moment, with like you know a brand. And which does only Formula One and 
motocross and uh, motorsports and with the indian agendas were uh, not very clear because they were adapting international brand exercises and doing it in india so over there with cricket the the the, the scope of work was not that great but it was it was an open like a clean slate at that point. so for me the, there was one challenge that i faced while i was playing cricket is that you know after my schooling there was no uh, good amount of cricket that i got to play while i was in college mm. so i i the thought came that you know why not have something for college cricket also mm. the varan red bull mm. it is uh, red bull can be consumed only uh, uh, above the age of 15 right so you know you can't go to school cricket right so you can go to college so it was perfect Mm. It, it is a cool brand. It's a global brand. It's associated with world-class athletes. So I thought at that moment it just makes complete sense mm. because university cricket is big, but there's no college cricket, and to make it sexy, nice, good-looking, playing on good fields for an Austrian brand to come to India and say, "Okay, we are investing in cricket. Let's have a concrete base." We came up with this thought of mm. Red Bull Championship. So that's. uh the biggest uh, i would say uh, properties that i worked on uh, from ground zero and uh, today it's in uh, global world practices and i can proudly say there are many cricketers who have come out of it right from rabada to kl rahul to uh shardul thakur mayank agarwal karun and these are some boys that were consistent every year on year so first year for us to try it out with india sri lanka and pakistan it was a great hit in pakistan also it worked sri lanka it worked at neutral venues we went to the premadasa stadium sri lanka second year again we did it in sri lanka and third year we went to london and then fourth year it came to india there were some challenges with the pakistan team traveling to india but you know those are some events that were pulled off and red bulls uh, has it, they have it, they have their own way of uh, doing things so it's interesting i'm i'm confused you you mentioned pakistan team sri lankan team but then you mentioned campus cricket so are you talking yeah, about so, so campus cricket happened it was a thought that came in it was uh, like you know it started in india we decided that okay when we are going to do campus cricket we didn't want to do it only for india like that thought was shared with neighboring countries hmm. who have similar interest in cricket but nothing much has happened in fact in 2008 virat kohli was a red bull athlete and that time he was playing for he was an under 19 captain hmm. and virat actually came at one of the shows like how kl rahul is now an athlete hmm. at that time virat kohli was a red bull athlete mm-hmm. but nothing much happened and eventually the uh, he was an athlete for almost a year or something like that and then it did, like it didn't go through mm-hmm. so the the point being that when we came up with this thought the idea is that all the top colleges playing amongst each other in one city from mm-hmm. that city you go to the regional rounds from regional rounds you go to the national final the 12 cities or eight cities eight teams are coming to bombay battling it out everything's taken care by red bull right from hotels flights everything and colored colored uh, clothing cricket you know beautiful setup with the wink bands and you know music and stuff i to, like the the perfect t20 feeling for a for a college kid and at that moment ipl was also booming so we had the uh, uh, you know uh, ad- advisors or you can say experts on board 
who were from the Karnataka State Cricket Association, Mr. Javagar Srinath, uh, Vijay Bhattavaj. So there were many. Uh, Gautam Gambhir is uh, uh, somebody who we had signed at that point as a Red Bull athlete. So it was slowly starting to build. So the best part was that the winner from the Indian team could go and compete in in a tri-nation series. Mm. So that's why it, this similar program was happening in Sri Lanka and in Pakistan. So the winner from each team then battles it out. So we were the champions for the first two years. Third year, uh, South Africa, England, uh, Australia, West Indies also joined. It. So so it I think it's it, it just grew very organically and it grew very beautifully. And uh, the matter of fact is that it gives uh, like you know some kind of uh, uh, platform for college cricketers to come and say, okay, we really want to be part of this because it can take us somewhere like. You know, it can give us a path. At least we go and play a county right. or we might be able to like, you know, go and... And right now, if you see, uh, Red Bull is on the arm of uh, Rajasthan Royals. Mm. So that's one of the first ever biggest deals of uh, Red Bull. Interesting. So I think, so where it started to now with IPL, I think it's been a beautiful journey in the last 10 years. So that's the beauty of, you know, starting something and staying with it over and over and over again, it just makes that beautiful place for a kid's, in a kid's life that he really wants to be part of. It becomes aspiration. Mm -hmm. It becomes something that they really want to, they look forward. Definitely. And there could have been many twists and turns and uh, you can probably just start with a specific thing and then you keep, you know, iterating and making things you know, better and better and better, right? Yeah. You just mm. learn. Like every year, I think it, there are too many challenges. The biggest was to get the Pakistani team to uh, India. Mm. But, you know, we managed because we did the tournament only in North. So, okay. so those were some challenges. But then again, you know, it slowly, it has its own uh, uh, challenges when you do such events. But at the end of the day, the beauty is that you pull it off and uh, there are Definitely, definitely. Wonderful job, wonderful job. And then um, you worked with Red Bull for a bit? Right. For four and a half years. Okay. Okay. Right. So, um, so the journey from over there was while cricket was happening, I then started uh, working with the, with the sports team in Red Bull India. And uh, over there, the the opportunity came of working on uh, Formula One, MotoGP, uh, all, all the brand building exercises, which were beautiful experiences of my life. Uh, so, you know, these are some things that you get to be part of. Red Bull, I think the marketing matrix over there is not limited. Like, you know, they just think out of the box all the time. <laughs> it's just difficult to kind of catch up sometimes. And I think I keep that attitude sometimes uh, with me. And I think that will stay with me. Uh, so, so that was the beauty of it. And everybody with that frame of mind, right from top to bottom. So when you have that kind of team, I think you can pull off any event. So right from Formula One to Kardungla, we took it, we took a Formula One car to the highest notable road in the world, which is beautiful. And you know, starting a car at that height at 18,000 feet, it's a world record, honestly. Mm. Uh, but you know, the challenges of that also with the Red Bull racing team traveling with us, only a small limited team from Red Bull India. So those kind of, that kind of stuff. So once that, you know, happened, a lot of great learning. In 
2014 is when i was thinking about you know what's next and that's when i really wanted to understand uh, about uh, live sport and you know broadcast space that how does a live sport or how does what are the dynamics of the the dynamics of you know live sport and that's when an opportunity came to me from uh, u sports at that time u sports had just entered u mumbai and u mumbai kabaddi team i think pretty much everybody knows in the country now uh, it's a big name uh, what u sports has managed to achieve in the last few years is just phenomenal i think kabaddi overall is a phenomenal move whoever is involved right from athletes to uh, star sports to you know or everybody involved mm-hmm. even the governing body so i think the players who at one point were not even like you know given any importance to now being uh, felicitated at like the best occasions and like you know celebrated that's what a sport can do to you in life right so to be part of that journey was beautiful so i got a chance to be part of that for 6 years and uh, yeah and during that course obviously we did uh, you dream football where we went to the northeast era spent a lot of time and took these kids to germany yeah um before we get there i just want to say that uh, just uh, you know uh, with regards to red bull i have seen it first hand they really really go out of the way to uh, support sports uh, regardless um who you are they really i mean first of all uh, any college fest you always see the red bull girls uh, getting <laughs> getting you the cans uh, of red bull that's yeah. one thing but um, apart from that i did i mean uh, when i was organizing a few tennis events at the grassroots uh, uh, level uh, for not grassroots level but a few tennis events for a group of people and no questions asked i just uh, you know hit them up on social and say we organize we going to um, have this event can we have some uh, support from you guys and they just gave us like uh, you know 30 uh, 2000 3 da- 2000 cans just like that no questions asked they said yeah just send us a photo or something uh but uh, it's wonderful i mean i i don't know many that's the beauty of it yeah yeah because i think what they believe in is like you know they don't do any outdoor campaigns and they don't waste their money in doing mm. those kind of stuff like as in, you know uh what you see you might just forget what what you experience it will stay with so those 24 cans as a branding or whatever expenses that they have for these girls also they are so hard working for them to go out and like you know uh you know give you a can that mm-hmm. you needed the most sometimes you might not ask but on a signal if you suddenly get a can when it's super hot i think that feeling you will never forget you will definitely go to the shop and buy a can because of that feeling so and obviously the taste is great so that experience when they give you they don't believe in like putting hoardings where they okay you you see it it's nice but okay if, there are many campaigns like mm-hmm. that but that experience when you ask for this 24 cans you got it you will never forget definitely most <laughs> so, so i think that's where uh, they stand out so beautifully and i think that's their global approach like it's not just in india like everywhere obviously india has adapted from them but that's the beauty of it right 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 no it it's the people as well right it's not just right. the company people have to be willing to 
support uh, these endeavors. Okay, uh, yeah, um, Kabaddi, how did that pop? I think, like like I mentioned, uh, 2014 when I had to when I was looking at uh, like uh, move into the broadcast and live sports space, I got this opportunity to work with the youth sports. And at that point, the first season of Kabaddi had already happened. And within the first season only, I remember suddenly people are talking about this new sport. Like Kabaddi, everybody knows, and people say that they have played. But you know, honestly, people have played. Yeah. Some people have played, okay. <laughs> it's not yeah, like yeah, everyone's yeah. played, yeah. yeah. So, but you've heard about it for sure. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I've heard about this sport. Suddenly, it's becoming so big. Second year, I became part of it. We won the championship. That whole feeling of you know, seeing these boys who were nothing till yesterday, like you know, they were not given any importance. For them, the kind of hard work, irrespective that they do, whether they are on a bigger stage or a smaller stage, for them, it doesn't matter. What I respect the Kabaddi boys is for, or women, is for the kind of effort that they put, whether they are playing on mud in their village or for the national championship, or they are playing on a mat court, which is for pro Kabaddi. I think the best part is that every team, the way they invested and they made their players feel, uh, you know, suddenly all these players were given the best of the stuff that's, uh, that, uh, that athletes deserve. And they started staying in five-star hotels and suddenly there's a you know, whole paradigm shift where people are talking to these guys. Everybody wants to speak to these guys right from media to, you know, uh, people are lining up for autographs and like pictures and stuff. So it's just a, it's just a, a massive change in the ecosystem of that sport. So and and to be in the center of it to experience it, I think that feeling is just uh, superb. So so that that whole beauty of even the way Star put it out, like you know, they look they made these you know players look so good on TV, that slow motion camera, everything. It just gave like a superb feeling of saying, okay, I want to support you, Mumbai, or I want to support Jaipur Pink Panthers. And I think the most important thing was also to have the right set of owners. Like every team owner, they are so invested into that whole thought of Kabaddi, right from Abhishek Bachchan to Ronnie Skruwala to Parjindal to, you know, Kishore Biyani. These are all top businessmen of the country. And these are the top names who have invested in a sport which is an Indian sport, it goes back many years, but nobody was talking about it. And then suddenly, when they are talking the, the right language, suddenly everyone's, uh, you know, want to kind of be part of it. And it was just beautiful. And it still exists. So, unfortunately, with COVID, it's not happened for like one year. This year, hopefully, we'll get to see some action. Classic, I mean, uh, great, incredible example of how investing in a sport and getting in the big guns um to support can uh, really play uh, you know big dividends like really help the sport grow completely change the image of their own companies as well yeah no no um, i totally agree i think i think it's uh, 
it's just a beautiful approach that was taken by each and every one who was who was involved and and i think these are the stories that you uh, you kind of want to create like <clears throat> this is what loyalty or uh, you know fan following and uh, the super like the heroes that you create and these are just like you know some boys who come from villages and what kind of stamina what kind of uh, you know the 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 hard work that they put in to kind of be where they are constantly it's unbelievable mm. i think their fitness levels are maybe better than anybody in the country when you have to you know match it with the other sport yeah. i really don't like to match it with other sport like that but i think yeah. they are one of the toughest athletes i've seen mm. like if they if they if they come running towards you you have like you will be scared like mm. <laughs> like Right, 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 right. It, it. I think it goes to show that a lot of times it's not the athletes. Of, like we, this is. I won't say disrespect, but we disregard certain sports or certain, let's say, athletes because of uh, if they haven't won, you know, an Olympic medal or if they're not, you know, cricketers or something of that sort. it's just that through circumstances you haven't been supported or you haven't been invested on so just for an example let's say uh, let's say any random sport um, let's even bring let's bring tennis okay let's bring lawn tennis into this you may be nothing nobody nobody cares uh, unless it's in the tennis industry nobody cares if you're india number 20 or india number 25 but like kabaddi you bring in big sponsors you bring in the big guns get them form teams and get five five players in each team you overnight you become a star even though you were nothing uh, before and but you were putting in the work you were working equally hard as as hard as the cricketers or if not more as hard as the yeah. footballers if not more you just didn't have the support you didn't have the the system didn't have the funding didn't uh, you didn't have corporates willing to invest and create a format that can uh, get people interested and in, to watch right so it can be done with any sport i feel no i totally agree i think you look at uh, what uh, now people are trying out to do with coco also see sometimes i feel it's uh, in such a big country there are challenges with you know like you know what my sometimes i i think and i i really want to understand that you know kabaddi happened okay it's great pro kabaddi league happened so great but you know i sometimes think that they were working equally hard when there were no cameras when there was no pro kabaddi when they were just wearing normal uniforms and like you know fighting it out or battling it out on that mud mat a mud ground they were getting bruised and not pro- i don't know what kind of medical uh, services they had or you know they were just fi- fighting it out like you know just for the love of the sport and obviously they get jobs and stuff so but they did equally equal amount of uh, you know hard work even then so what took them to become stars 
it's about like the right packaging the right mm-hmm. people to come and believe in that idea and owning it mm-hmm. and saying that okay this is what we really want to do and then let's talk talk about the grassroots about the same sport and then now suddenly all the top schools also want to uh, include kabaddi in their curriculum what i also feel sometimes in india is very unfair that you know you are like as in i wouldn't say only in india but you know with olympic disciplines like look at sakshi malik you know before she won nobody knew what sakshi who sakshi means so i think we talk about it but i think the focus is not that structured or maybe there's no right kind of uh, documentation that's happening on every athlete if that starts to happen i feel kids in today's age will pick up any and every sport mm. but they really need to know that what's happening that slow mo camera if we can just go on their training grounds and shoot them and document them that who they are and like you know profile them that this and then you know blood and sweat and what it takes to become that athlete i think i will get goosebumps if you can get a goosebump by watching a movie of maricom if you would have done it just before what maricom became what she was what she is people will definitely and then if she wins it's it's a beautiful story so i think tracking athletes or maybe sport at a younger age or like prospects of making it into the uh, the larger or the bigger scene with olympic sport or any other uh sport i think it's very important like as in uh, you know in cricket you have so much depth about like you know a shubman gill who's played like who's just got into the scene but there's so much noise already about what shubman gill is who where he comes from how he plays which is great so i think that whole affinity about a player about the sport it just builds so if we can have those stories kind of documented beautifully i think it's important and then obviously then putting those structures and packaging it together and like making uh like a like the whole ecosystem around it it's very mm-hmm. important unfortunately there's one more problem that there are so many leagues happening i think people just start leagues yeah. every day like you know like there's a league on arm wrestling also <laughs> yeah that so i yeah. like and i'm not uh, and i'm not think they shouldn't have a league on that but my whole point is it should make business plan uh, business mm. sense it should have some kind of understanding of where you can take it or vision down the line after 5 years 10 years mm. yeah it gets neutralized the tension right yeah. because after 3 4 years it just phases out and then okay yeah. it was great fun yeah and uh, then you just shut shop mm. yeah on a lighter note when did yeah. how's um how intense wait uh, let me remember do you mention uh, you're a triathlete yes i've i've done one that's intense that is intense yeah yeah that was i think one of the highlights in the last few years mm. apart from covid <laughs> but uh, but i think uh, my uncle he is a trainer he trains uh, triathletes and uh, the the beauty of it is that you know you don't uh, have to take up a sport like if you really want to be fit you can just go running and then you're good and suddenly one day he spoke to me about you know swimming in uh, open waters mm. 
and i'm like okay is that even possible because i have been to australia and other places and i see people riding cycles and like you know going behind each other and like you know mm-hmm. so so it it was very interesting i never thought that i would get to do that because even getting a road bike is like in india it's uh, now the trend it just picked up like cycles are like it's like booming business. but the fact is earlier it used to be just mtbs and normal uh, cycles that you used to buy and then that's go for cycling he told me that you know it's uh, it, it might be difficult you know it's very difficult and stuff like that so i was a little kicked about the whole fact that how is it so difficult because people are doing it they're mm. either swimming in the ocean or they um, in uh, rivers uh, or lakes uh, so i'm like okay let's try it out i gave myself a time and i and i had to had done a few uh, uh, half marathons mm. so it was fun i i thought okay let's give it a try i gave myself some time six yeah, almost almost a year and i told that okay I'll start training. When I started training over the course of the whole period, I understood so much about triathlete. And my first ever swimming that I went to in an open water was just one month before my actual race. Before that, I was swimming in uh, the swimming pool. Swimming pool. And I had done my hours, so I was fit. I was proper. I could swim for like two hours straight. But the like what i what i didn't experience was open water like when i jumped in open water it was a man made uh, lake in nasik and when i jumped into the water i had a boat with my trainer on it i panic i got a panic attack i started drowning i have signed for something which is like it's expensive like you know taking up expensive as in it it will cost you Definitely. enough you know yeah so so it's like also happening in bahrain you book your flights and suddenly you get a panic attack you can't handle uh that kind of water and then it just like made me feel that okay what have i done mm-hmm. i spoke to at least 100 people who have done triathlon before triathlon before and then they told me it happens or even after your even if you're on your 100th race mm. it's just that that you know your heart is like pumping out of your body like mm. it's just it's that you because you don't have anything under your feet it's not mm. a swimming pool you can't even see what's there right like it's it's all here so yeah. i think it gave me a good perspective uh of what it takes to be you know in the game uh, while not playing any particular sport as such mm. so it also gives me some goals okay if if a race is happening maybe after 6 months it gives me that okay i want to achieve so mm. you know something like a goal is set for me I think it's a great uh, invention or you can say discovery that I've done for myself that uh, you know I think moving forward I want to do these a few more maybe and climb a few mountains wonderful wonderful yeah i mean uh, um i can't imagine doing it the main reason is the boredom part of it i i don't think i have the patience uh to do something for that long considering like uh, you know many mentioned sport uh, something like be it a football or tennis or even a uh, cricket there's a lot of strategy involved you, you know that you're thinking all the time yeah right but then when you get into sports like you know iron man triathlon whatever um it's it's 
there, I know there are three activities, but it's monotonous. Yeah, I think, but but I think if you take it in like it it it's like meditation in some sense. Mm-hmm. Like if zone. you're running, yeah, because running can definitely get boring. Huh? Like as in I've experienced it, and I know a lot of runners have experienced. But once you get into a hang of you know running and long distances, you just like get into a zone, and it, you just love doing it. Like you just mm-hmm. would want to get up every morning or evening and just go for a beautiful run. And then same with cycle and same with even swimming. Mm. So I think once you kind of get into that zone, it's just about pushing it harder and then taking it to the next level. So it just it's it's all about transforming from that one movement to the other and right. getting better. But I get your point of boredom for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I will try it out. I will. Uh, I won't. I won't say I'll prepare for it, but uh, I will try out a bit of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, tell us about the league. I, I have no clue what it is. I didn't uh, bother uh, I, uh, researching about it. I thought I'll hear, uh, hear about it uh, from you firsthand. What is the league about? So, this league that I've uh, joined now, it's called GT20. It's the uh, Canadian Premier League uh, for cricket uh, under the ages of Cricket Canada and ICC. Uh, the thoughts start like, you know, came from the fact that Canada as an Indian diaspora is massive. Uh, with uh, cricket happening in Canada already, the challenge is obviously the season over there. It becomes during winter, it's a little too harsh. But the fact is that there's so much cricket happening and even indoors facilities which are available. Uh, the, the Brampton of, uh, the sorry, the mayor of Brampton is uh, so involved into this whole understanding of, you know, where the sport can go. Uh, he loves the country, India, and he's come to India many times. So, you know, there's a there's a great amount of backing from even the Prime Minister. So, so I think the thought came from there. And then with the right set of people, they set this whole up and they called it GT20. It's called the Global T20, where players from all over the world come and play. Uh, right from Tisgale to, because the credit is the right there. So, all the top players in the world have been part of the league, apart from the Indians. Uh, Yuvraj and uh, Manpreet Goni were signed last year to Toronto Nationals. They, they played from the Toronto League. So I think the kind of interest and the kind of response that they have received so far, it's, uh, I think it's just phenomenal. Uh, in terms of sponsorship also, I think they have done a, a great job in terms of reaching out to the, the, the brands. And like, you know, the brands have already been uh, fully invested for many years. Like as in, if there are some five-year deals that they've already signed. I think moving forward, the idea is to just make it larger and bigger. Uh, right now, there are six teams. Uh, the idea is to take it to eight and ten and eventually to 12 teams. Uh, because that's uh, that's required. And you know, that's the need of the art. So so I think eventually, slowly, organically, it will grow uh, in its, with its own pace. I have joined Brampton Bulls as uh, as the team, and uh, the idea for us is to keep our fans engaged. That's for sure. Like as in, unfortunately, last year didn't happen, but uh, that was because of COVID peaking at that point. None of no other sporting event was happening. This year again for us, the league was supposed to happen in Malaysia. Unfortunately, 
you know, travel restrictions, we can't do it. So we didn't want to take that risk. And obviously with players from different parts of the world, already there were commitments with other leagues that are happening. So we didn't take that. And then we have parked it for next year. But in this whole time till next year, the idea with the league and in sync with our teams also, uh, the, six, the six teams that are there, the idea is to do stuff with grassroots cricket, minor league cricket Canada, and also to keep our fans engaged. Because I think it's very important. It's only it, It'll be unfair for us to kind of tomorrow get up and say and do nothing uh, for the fans. So, so I think that was the overall idea of, you know, me taking this step. It's like I wanted to get back to my sport again. Mm-hmm. And after what we spoke about with Red Bull Campus Cricket and other stuff that we did, this is a great chance for me to come back into the sport where, you know, we're talking about world-class athletes. And uh, the beauty of it is that for personally, for me, I think I like to be in a developing uh, systems. Mm. And I think this is the best developing uh, nation like now, with America also doing what they're doing. But I think Canada as a market is so powerful with cricket. And in fact, there are some facts that if you hear uh, that uh, the national sport of Canada was cricket. In 1890s, uh, the wow. first ever national sport of cricket uh, for Canada was uh, cricket for, I think, a uh, couple of years. Then they changed it to lacrosse and other sports. Mm-hmm. But, but it goes back from that time. Like, you know, people do understand uh, what cricket is. Mm. So, so I think being in the right country with the developing uh, ecosystem with Cricket Canada doing what they do best and with the GT20, the right set of people pushing it and running it, I think it's uh, it's just a great place to be. I could at this moment for sure. Incredible, incredible. Um... I'd like to have you back uh, on this podcast to talk more about uh, uh, GT20, if uh, that would be sure. possible. Uh, we could probably do a whole segment on that and uh, yeah, so, probably explore uh, stuff around that. No, definitely. So, like I mentioned last time, uh, the, the CEO of GT20's name is Ashit Patel. Uh, the it was his uh, idea of you know starting this together with Gurdjieff Singh. So I feel that if if that can be set up, me and Ashish Patel, we would love to come and just like take you through the vision and the mission that's there for the next five years, ten years in the league. And it's just gonna get better and better with with the grassroots cricket, with minor league cricket that's being planned. I think it's just gonna take it to another level. Uh, the the best moment will be when uh, Canadian players start playing in the IPL. Mm. I think that's phenomenal. Like some of these players are playing in the CPL and Big Bash leagues. They are just doing phenomenal job. Like as in players from uh, like teams from these uh, leagues, they want players from Canada. So, so I think already that ecosystem exists. Is there just that you need to make it better and bigger. Mm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, Gurbaksh, incredible uh, 
I love the interview. A great, great insights around uh, grassroots. You've done incredible uh, work with Red Bull and uh, the other other companies you've worked for. And uh, thank you so much for coming down for this. No, no, thank you so much, man. Like I, I really appreciate the fact that uh, you've been talking to uh, so many ex-athletes and right set of guys who are into the, in the business right now with sports all over the world. I think it's very important to ask the right question and like, you know, uh, get the best information out for the world to know. I think it's only getting better with so many institutes now with sports management. They, they get to know experiences firsthand sitting at home. And I think podcast is something is the best way to kind of go about it. So, so good job with that. And thanks for having me. And it was a great chat. Thank you. And uh, also, uh, of course, uh, before I forget, whoever's listening to this podcast, um, they want to get in touch with you for whatever they want to work with you along, collaborate for, you know, with the Cricket League or anything of that sort. How can they get in touch? So, uh, uh, can we put our uh, email ID? Definitely. Uh, any You can share your socials, your LinkedIn, emails, a- anything you want. Sure. So, uh, how do we do this? Like, you, want to you, can just, you, can, uh, you can share it and I'll have it on the show notes as well. So. Perfect. Cool. Got it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks again and uh, I'll see you back soon. Sure, 100%. I'm looking forward to come back and then speak more about the whole GT20 yeah. ecosystem that we are building and we're working on. It's going to be like 10 years ten years down the line when we'll be having this conversation. It's going to be a different ballgame altogether for, yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I would be happy at that point also to come and share what we have built again. I think it's just the beauty of that. We just keep building stuff with sport. So... Would love to come back and like you know take you through what we are planning and what's there in the pipeline. For sure, for sure. Looking forward to it. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you.